Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Holy cow, we have reached the end here of our teacher summer road trip here on the podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed going back and visiting some of the most popular episodes from this past school year, and I hope you have too. If you missed any of the playlists that I've curated for you this summer, make sure you head over to classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip. They are all there waiting for you along with any of the freebies that went along with each weekly theme. And remember, there is one more giveaway that you can enter to win, and you will find all the details over at classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip. All right, you guys, I am 1000% a back to school junkie. No sooner did a school year end and I was right back to planning for the next school year. Planning was my jam. So in our last leg of the journey, I have curated a playlist all about back to school planning from designing your classroom to getting organized to planning that very first day of school. I'm covering it all in this episode and I will give you my best ideas and strategies to starting your year right. In this first clip, I am talking about one of my favorite things to do when it comes to back to school, and that is designing my classroom. I loved going online and seeing other teachers' ideas and classroom pictures, and then designing what would fit best for me and my students. I had such a ball choosing a theme each year and then going to places like the Christmas tree shop and the Dollar Tree and the Target dollar bin and buying anything and everything that would match my theme. I might have gone a little overboard some years, but I had so much fun doing it. So in this first clip, I'm talking about how to plan your classroom design. The first thing that you might want to consider when planning and designing your classroom is to consider a theme or a color scheme. Now, you don't have to go crazy here to be effective. We've all seen those Pinterest-worthy classrooms where everything is designed down to the final detail that goes along with their theme or their color scheme. You don't have to do that in order to have a nice theme or color scheme in your classroom. But having a color scheme or a theme gives you a little focus when you are decorating your classroom. If you have a color scheme or a theme for your classroom, it keeps you from getting distracted from buying items that don't match that color scheme or theme. So it really helps you to actually stay focused in your design and will help simplify the whole process. I personally used themes in my classroom and over the years, As I've been out of the classroom, I've developed several printable classroom decor kits that you can simply print and put up in your classroom, simple as that. I will link to those collections in the show notes, but I also have, if you want to DIY it yourself, I've put together some classroom design guides for several popular classroom themes. Themes like ocean, pirates, bee theme, a circus theme, beach, dog, camping, jungle, Hollywood, sports, and music. And these guides have everything that you need to design a classroom around your desired theme. And these are just some free guides. So if you want those, head over to the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 22 to get your hands on one of those guides to help you plan your theme. Now, if it's a color scheme that you're going for, 
think about choosing only one or two colors. If you go too many colors, it can get a little chaotic. It can be a little too busy for your students. So I always suggest choosing one or two colors and then maybe an accent color like a black or a gray or some other neutral color. And like the printable decor themes, I also have color scheme printable packs as well. And I will link to those in the show notes too. All right, having a beautiful classroom is great. And I love having those oohs and ahs for my students when they would enter in my classroom on that first day of school. But another really important component to back to school planning is to make sure that you are organized before the school year starts. And part of that organization comes from knowing what you have in your classroom and what you still need to get before you go back to school shopping for any supplies that you'll need for the upcoming school year. So in this next clip from episode 23, I talk about how to take in inventory on your classroom so that you know exactly what you have and what you still need to get for the school year. Let's listen. Before you can get organized, you have to know what you have to organize in the first place, right? So the first step is to take inventory on what you already have in your classroom. I used to hate it when I would be out at a store shopping for something for my classroom and I would buy it and then come back to my classroom only to find that I already had 10 of them. So we wanna avoid that and make sure that we know what we already have. So here are some things that you wanna take inventory of. You want to take inventory of what student supplies you already have on hand in your classroom. And of course, these things are going to vary depending on the age group that you teach. But just as a general guideline, I'm talking about things like pencils and pens and rulers and pocket folders, spiral notebooks, pencil sharpeners, crayons, markers, colored pencils, glue sticks, scissors, binders, calculators, composition notebooks, you get the idea. The things that students are going to be using on an individual basis, maybe they keep them at their desks or in their lockers or cubbies if you have those. Make a note of the quantity of each thing that you have and make a note of how many you need in order to start the new school year. And maybe these are things that your school provides for you, but if you were like me, I would provide these for my students so I needed to know how many I had and how many I needed to get for the upcoming school year. Then you want to take inventory on the shared supplies that you use in your classroom. Things like those personal whiteboards, dry erase markers that your students share, loose leaf paper, construction paper, tissue boxes, hand sanitizer. And again, this is going to vary depending on your grade level, but these are some things that most teachers have on hand for their students to share in their classroom. Make a list of those things, list what you have and what you need. Another thing to take inventory on are your student craft supplies. Things like yarn and paint and buttons, feathers, glitter, if you're brave, <laughs> felt, pom-poms, beads, pipe cleaners, all those things that you may need and use for student projects in the classroom. Make sure you have what you need on hand and you create a shopping list for those things that you still need to get. After you've taken inventory on student supplies, make sure you check your teacher supplies, things like your staplers and staples, stapler remover, sharpers, your favorite flare pens, highlighters, all those things that you maybe keep at your teacher desk. What are you running low on? What do you need to get more of? What do you have too many things of so you make sure that you don't get too much of one supply? Teacher supplies might also include cleaning supplies that you like to have on hand, things like disinfectant wipes and sprays that you like to have in your classroom to use for your own personal classroom. And then, of course, 
By the end of the school year, you know how crazy and disorganized your math manipulatives and tools get. So it's important that you take inventory on maybe what you have, what's gone missing, and what you need to replace. We're talking about those base 10 blocks, dice, color tiles, geometric shapes, snap cubes, all those little pieces that easily find their way in the dusty corner of your room. Make sure you know what you've got and what you need. And finally, you need to take inventory on your classroom library. This is probably going to be the most time consuming, especially if you've been teaching for a while and you've really developed a large classroom library. But it's important to keep track of the titles that you have so that you can make sure that your classroom library stays relevant and current. And there are even a lot of apps on your phone or tools that you can purchase to help you keep a digital database of your books. And I will link to some of those in the show notes. Some of these apps allow you to scan the barcode of the book that you have and it will record it for you in your database. So that makes it really easy for you to know exactly what books you have on hand. Now, of course, with back to school planning, there's lots of fun things to do, like decorating your classroom and even going back to school shopping, if that's your jam. But for a lot of people, one of the things that we dread when it comes to back to school is curriculum mapping. It feels so overwhelming. It feels like there is so much work to do. And in the moment, we often take that we'll cross that bridge when we get there mentality and just allow ourselves to fly by the seat of our pants when it comes to planning ahead. And that is a very dangerous bridge to cross because you often find yourself as you get going in the school year having less and less time to really deeply plan for your school year. So that's why I strongly encourage that you take a day or two or whatever it takes you, get together with your teammates if you want to, make a fun afternoon out of it and work on your curriculum map for the school year. Now, this does not mean that you are planning out every project, every lesson, every everything as you're going through this curriculum map, but it does give you the opportunity to develop a roadmap, so to speak, of what your school year is going to look like. And of course, there are going to be changes and modifications along the way, but if you have that roadmap, it's a whole lot easier to pivot when you need to. So in this next clip, I'm actually going to be tackling some mindset issues that a lot of teachers have when it comes to curriculum mapping, and it's a lot what holds them back from doing it in the first place. I do encourage you to listen to the entire episode. It's episode 50 because I really get into the nitty gritty of what it looks like to curriculum map. But in this clip that I'm providing for you today, it's all about mindset issues. So listen in, and then I encourage you to listen to the full episode at episode 50. I want to first tackle some mindset issues. We all get overwhelmed when we think about planning for an entire month or even an entire semester. That overwhelm is enough to make us just not want to do it in the first place. But if we sit down and we think about exactly what we're doing and create a process out of it, it helps to minimize and hopefully eliminate some of that overwhelm. So I first want to address some mindset shifts that you might want to make before you begin the curriculum mapping process. So much of the time when we think about what we're going to be teaching, we jump directly to the activities that we are going to be using to help teach the content. We have a topic in mind, we have a unit that we need to cover, and we immediately start thinking what group projects the students are going to be doing or what books we might read aloud to our students. And what happens when we do that is sometimes we get to the end of a unit and we didn't really cover the main skills and standards that our students needed to have mastered by the end of the unit. So here's what we do instead. 
When you're curriculum mapping, you really want to begin with the end in mind. And what I mean by that is you're going to start with your standards. These are the standards that your students need to master with each topic and content area that you're teaching your students. And when we start with those standards, we're going to begin building lessons and activities surrounding those standards to help students build mastery of those skills. So you want to ask yourself, when you're done teaching this unit, what is the end result? What do you want your students to be able to do? And typically, those end results revolve around the standards that you want your students to have mastered. And then as we continue to work backwards, we're then going to be thinking about how we will assess the students on those standards. How will we know that they have actually met that standard and have mastered that skill? We don't want to give our students an assessment if it doesn't really give us any insight or information on how well a student is performing in a particular content area. So it's really important that our assessments are authentic and serve the purpose to offer the teacher information about how each student is doing. And then you can begin thinking about the activities and the individual lessons that are going to get them to that end result. So you see how that works? You start with the standards with the end in mind. Then you move backwards thinking about what assessments are going to help them reach those standards. And then you move backwards even more and you think about what activities are going to help them to learn the content so that they can perform well on the assessment so that they've shown you they've mastered the skills and the standards. So let's put this in action. When you begin curriculum mapping for any length of time in your classroom, you're going to start with just one subject. You're going to work your way through the process that we just discussed, and then it's rinse and repeat, and you just continue the same process for each subject, each unit, and each content area. You know I'm a systems girl, so I like to have a system in place so that I don't have to think about it when I start from square one each time. So this is my system that I use and I hope that it helps you as well. So let's, like I said, let's break it down and let's see this process in action. One of the things that's going to make this process seem less overwhelming is if you just get some tunnel vision and only think about one unit at a time. I know that you have multiple units to plan for and maybe multiple content areas, but I want you to just focus on one unit at a time. When I begin the curriculum mapping process, I like to use a very simple template that helps me to organize my thoughts all in one place. And I have this template available to you in our members resource library that you can grab as you begin the process as well. And you can get to that by going to the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 50 to grab this free template. And I will be referencing this template through the rest of this episode so you get an idea of how I use it so that you can then apply it to your own use. Another important thing to note here is I do not hash out the actual lessons at this point. I'm just writing down a rough idea of what I want to do in the lessons themselves, but I'm not actually writing the lesson plan. Think of this curriculum mapping process as your framework, your blueprint for what you're going to be doing. Once you've built your curriculum map and you know that you have created a map that will help your students reach those standards, then you can write individual lessons as needed. All right, I want to leave you with one more clip for our back to school planning, and that is planning for that very first day of school. Often that first day comes and goes and you don't even know what hit you. It goes by so fast. So in this next clip, I'm sharing what are some of the most important things to focus on when it comes to planning for your first day of school. 
My first tip for you is to create a first day of school checklist. So just a checklist for that first day of school because it's easy to begin thinking way ahead to your first reading units that you're going to be covering, what centers your students are going to begin with, but it's also just as important to think specifically about the first day to make sure that you've got everything prepped and ready to go. So having a checklist of things that may need to be completed specifically for the first day will help to minimize that scatterbrain feeling and help you really isolate your thoughts to focus on day one only. So here are some things that you might want to include on that checklist to have completed before the first day of school. The first thing, print off a class list and your class schedule. This may seem obvious, but sometimes we don't think to do this, and it's nice to just have that on your desk ready to go with your list of your students and the schedule that you are going to be following. Another thing to put on your checklist is to make a list of all the student copies that you need for just that first day. Make a list of copies that you need for papers that you're going to be sending home with students on that first day. Things like those emergency forms, parent letters, and other forms and sheets that we send home on that first day of school. Your checklist is also going to want to include that you write out your plans and your lessons and your activities for that first day. That one seems pretty obvious, but it's worth putting on our checklist. Remember, this checklist is just a list of all the things that we need to have done before the first day of school. So as you go down your checklist, you can make sure that these are completed. Prep any icebreaker games and list all of the materials that you're going to need and make copies for those activities. Prep a fun welcome back gift for your students. Prep any activities for students to complete as they arrive. You always want to have something on their desk before they arrive. We'll talk about that in a minute. Prep any anchor charts or whiteboards, smart board charts that you want to have ready for the first day of school. Gather any read-alouds that you're going to use on that first day of school. And prep any extra backup activities that you're going to have. So all of these things are going to be listed on your checklist so that you make sure you get them done and you can check them off as you go. Now, I actually have a free first day of school checklist that includes all of these items and spaces for you to record notes and reminders to yourself. So if you want access to that free checklist, just head over to the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 28, and you can download this for yourself and use it for your first day of school planning. Now that we have our checklist, let's talk about some of those items on our checklist and some tips and strategies for how to get them done. One thing that I always did on the first day of school was to welcome my students with a yummy treat on their desk. Students love to see something special for them on their desk when they arrive on day one. So why not greet them with something to snack on while they work on a welcome activity or craft? You can even do something as simple as putting pretzels or goldfish in a snack size baggie and top it off with a a cute little bag topper to welcome them on that first day. Nothing gets people more excited than food. So start your day off right. Give them a little snack as they're arriving. And that leads me right into my next tip for planning for your best first day is to prepare a welcome activity. So you have that little treat sitting on their desk, but you also want to have an activity that they can complete that's sitting on their desk waiting for them when they first arrive. That first hour of the first day can be really hectic as you're greeting students and parents as they're coming in. So be sure to have an activity on their desk ready for them to complete as they arrive. But this activity should require very little direction from you. You want to have it so that they can get started on their own. 
You might choose to have an example of the activity posted in the front of the class for students to refer to, and you might also want to put up some directions on your smart board or your whiteboard or a piece of chart paper listing out exactly step-by-step what you're expecting from them, and then have any materials such as crayons or markers or scissors readily available for students to use, either have it right on their desk or in a central location where they can come get it and complete their activity. One simple activity that I always had my students complete was an all about me poster. And it's just like what it sounds like. They put their name and their birthday and some fun facts about them. They draw pictures of themselves and their family and friends. And they might list things like their favorite movie or TV show, their favorite hobby and book, and their favorite subject. So it's something really simple that they don't really need a whole lot of direction to complete. My next tip for helping you have the best first day is to plan to take your students on a classroom tour. Students love entering their new classroom for the first time, but they're probably anxious to learn where they'll be sitting, where the art supplies are kept, where the gathering area will be, and of course, where are those free time games going to be kept, among other things. So one fun activity that I love doing with my students on the first day of school was giving students an opportunity to explore their new classroom through a classroom scavenger hunt. Students were broken up into teams and they were given clue cards that led them to different sections of the room, such as the classroom library and the listening center and the supplies cupboard and so much more. At each section of the classroom, the teams also collected a little goodie that they can enjoy once the scavenger hunt was completed. They snacked on these treats while we went over the scavenger hunt locations and I explained more about each location. So let me give you an example of what this looks like as they work through the scavenger hunt. The first card that a team might get would say something like this. You're in a brand new classroom and it's time to learn where everything is. Follow the clues to find out where your teacher keeps all the important things you will be using this school year. Clue number one. You'll probably be visiting this area of the classroom every day. It's a place where you can go to find information about a specific topic or find stories that are adventurous, funny, scary, and more. And so after students read that first clue, they hopefully know to go find the classroom library. And at the classroom library is their clue number two. Now I would color code this so that the orange team would only pick up orange clues and the blue team would only pick up blue clues. And these clues for each team were in different orders so that the teams weren't running into each other or just following each other to the next location. Everybody was going to find their clue cards in a different order. And then when they finished their scavenger hunt, they would find their last clue card that would say, you're finished, great work, head back to your seat. So it just kind of gave them a chance to work their way around the classroom. The clues were obvious. It wasn't meant to be something difficult for them to do. It was just a fun way for them to get moving, work together in some small groups, and get to know their classroom a bit. So if you want to move away from the the traditional way of introducing the parts of your classroom, try a scavenger hunt. Now, if you would like to grab a ready-made scavenger hunt, I put together a set of clues that you can use, and I've included this in my first day of school starter kit, which I will link to in the show notes. It includes a scavenger hunt, among other resources, such as that All About Me poster that I talked about a few minutes ago, and lots of other things as well. So I will link to that resource in the show notes. 
Oh man, there is more where that came from. If you want to hear all of my tips for planning for that first day of school, make sure you check out episode 28. I'll have it as part of our playlist over at the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 80, and you can listen to it in its entirety. All right, that brings us to the end of our summer road trip. I don't know whether to be sad that it's over or excited for the new school year and everything that I have planned for you here on the podcast and beyond. I've got so many things up my sleeve and I am chomping at the bit to let you know. But for now, we will end there and just know good things are coming. I know many of you are beginning school in the next few weeks while others still have some time before you hit the ground running again. Wherever it is that you may be in your summer, I am so glad that you have brought me along with you and I cannot wait to keep on going. All right, that is all I have for you today. I will be back again next week, but it will be regular scheduled programming as usual. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a good start to your week, and I will be back again next week. Bye for now.